What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Constantine Carides is a partner at Reed Smith. In this conversation, we talk about the intersection of law and crypto and all the nuance that goes along with it. I really enjoyed this conversation with Constantine, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Before we get into this episode, I would love to talk about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by OKCoin. They are my favorite place to buy, trade, and stake crypto. They're the fastest growing US-based exchange, serving over 190 countries globally with the easy onboarding and low fees. If you haven't tried them out yet, you should. They're on a mission to make learning about and buying crypto easier than ever. And they're all about bringing more financial literacy to everyone, something we can always use more of. From being the only exchange to integrate Lightning to contributing over $1 million for Bitcoin core developers, they're doing incredible work to further the Bitcoin ecosystem, and they offer lots of other vetted utility assets from gaming to DeFi. With OKCoin, I feel confident that the future really will be OK. To get started, go to OKCoin.com POMP for some free Bitcoin when you sign up. Again, if you want free Bitcoin, go to OKCoin.com POMP today. Today's episode is brought to you by Fundrise. You all know I believe that the best investors both understand and seek out extreme asymmetry. Fundrise is here to help you do just that. It's the largest direct-to-investor real estate investment platform out there, giving you the opportunity to achieve upside of an asset class previously reserved for institutions and high net worth individuals. That's right. Fundrise is making high-end private market real estate investing accessible to everyone via an easy-to-use automated platform. It's 1 million users already know that the investment with Fundrise is capable of producing strong appreciation returns and income generation while helping to stabilize a diversified portfolio. That's more important now than ever in our inflationary environment. See for yourself how over 190,000 other investors have built a better portfolio with private real estate. It takes just a few minutes to get started with as little as $10. Go to Fundrise.com slash POMP today, and for a limited time, you'll get $10 when you place your first investment. Again, that's Fundrise.com slash POMP. Go check it out, and when you make your first investment, they'll give you $10 on top of it. Fundrise.com slash POMP. Today's episode is brought to you by Pipe. Crypto is all about giving the power back to the people, and our sponsor, Pipe, is doing that in a big way. Pipe is the world's first trading platform that allows you to trade recurring revenue streams for upfront capital. And with Pipe's new API, companies with recurring revenue can build seamless embedded financing options into their platforms. One of the most interesting uses for Pipe's new API right now is Compass Mining's Mine Now, Pay Later, which powers payment plans on Bitcoin mining hardware so more miners can start or scale with a smaller upfront investment. Whether you're looking for mining hardware or scaling any business with recurring revenue, check out Pipe to access growth capital with no loans, no dilution, no restrictive covenants or warrants, just growth on your terms. And right now, Pomp Podcast listeners can access tens of thousands of dollars, even millions, fee-free for 12 months. Whether you are a Bitcoin mining company looking to enable financing for your customers or a SaaS, DTC, or any business that has recurring revenue, Sign up at pipe.com slash pomp. Again, pipe.com slash pomp to start trading today. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. 
you should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. We have Constantine here from Reed Smith. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? <laughs> all right. So you're a lawyer. I usually don't like lawyers, but I like you. First of all, what is on your shirt? That's a pretty good shirt. Lions not sheep already. Yes, sir. That's not exactly what a lawyer would normally wear. They usually wear shirt, suit, tie, you know, the whole <laughs> nine yards. What, what, why, uh, why are you different? Uh, well, I'll tell you about the shirt first. I mean, there's a lot of reasons I'm different, but, uh, <laughs> the shirt, uh, is kind of came into being during this pandemic when the whole world seemed to follow blindly government control and, um, group think Facts. And, and spent tremendous amount of money getting people to conform to a single way of, of being in a way that really kind of startled me. So I wanted my kids to know that they shouldn't follow along in that fashion. They should think for themselves. I think that's pretty and they good. They should thing. be lines not cheap. Did you did you see that Philadelphia now has the uh, the mask mandate back? It's incredible. I, by the way, I'm not a scientist. I don't know, but like I feel like you can't uh, you you can't renege on promises. Like you can't say like, <laughs> hey, we're out. Oh, we're back in. We're out. We're back in. But it seems to be going on. All right. So you guys have a massive law firm. How many uh, how many people work at Reed Smith? So our firm is uh, 1,800 lawyers globally. We got 26 uh, offices, uh, 30 offices around the world, from Singapore and Hong Kong through the Middle East. We even have an office in Kazakhstan. We can talk about why some other time. Well, no. What well, let's hear that. Well, we, we we do a lot in the mining, min- minerals, oh, and metal okay. space, and that's you know, pretty Kazakhstan hot spot. Is basically, a big mine. Yeah. Are you guys in Afghanistan? We are not in Afghanistan. No. <laughs> All right, no, no. Just make sure. shut down that office. Well, like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, do when lawyers have meetings with like internally, do you guys bill each other? (laughs) I mean, I mean, the truth is depending on what you're talking about, we may be billing clients, Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, if it's not about work, we shouldn't be billing anybody. Yeah. All right. Uh, and the reason why you're here is not because we're going to make fun of lawyers, but no, please uh, do. I, 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 I make fun of lawyers all the time. No, I know you do. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are uh, one of, or the largest shareholder of this business. And so you're not just a lawyer, but you also think about building a business and kind of what business lines you guys go into. Is that a fair categorization? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I have a pretty, a pretty great spot within the firm. And as a result, I'm constantly thinking about how the law is evolving. Where are the opportunity sets that are attractive for law firms, even law firms of our size, and then try to figure out how to go attack those opportunities. And, and in terms of, you know, this space and the crypto digital asset space, for me, that has presented one of the most transformational legal opportunities in my lifetime. The ecosphere and the um, environment around it is energetic and um, contagious. And there's so much opportunity for lawyers to get involved. Um, and so, you know, we, we decided that was an area that we wanted to be in. Uh, we have everyone from true believers to folks who see an opportunity to provide legal services and everyone in between um, towards the pure believer side. Um, and so we, we went on this venture. Uh, you know, for me personally, I, in during the pandemic particularly, kind of saw what governments were doing in terms of printing money and, and, and how they were doing exactly what folks like you had suggested uh, was why uh, Bitcoin was an important, you know, form of currency and, and future uh, payment model for everything. So, you know, I said, well, I got to start thinking about that more, more 
more permanently for our firm. So we started kind of looking around and thinking about what we're doing in the space. And over the last quarter, over the course of the last two years, we have put together what I think is a market-leading uh, digital assets and crypto group called OnChain, with over 100 lawyers globally doing everything from representing founders, uh, investors, exchanges, governments, even miners, covering the entire regulatory framework, data privacy, cybersecurity. We, we cover it soup from nuts. Uh, and for me personally, it's probably the most exciting, uh, at the risk of alienating my clients, it's probably the, the uh, most exciting area for me right now because getting to work with folks like you, Pomp, um, uh, founders, the energy, the enthusiasm, the excitement of this space is so palpable. And, it's, and it kind of energizes you because we're also... At a, we're, at, we're also at the frontier of making law, so nothing's set. You know, we have potential uh, legislation coming out from from Loomis and Jill DeBrand pretty soon. I'm optimistic it'll at least provide a framework. Maybe it'll yep. go too far for some folks, but at least it'll give some clarity to the industry that I think that's lacking. And with that, you have this you know really tremendous um, area that we're really proud of what we've built and and, and we'll continue to build on it and. One of the things we do that keep, keeps us different, apart from wearing logos on our shirts, uh, or at least me, is we fundamentally believe in order to service your clients in this space, you need to know what you're talking about, more so than any other space. Yeah, You can bullshit in a lot of other areas. You can't bullshit in this space, especially folks who are doing what you guys are doing and building these businesses and, and developing these payment systems. So we have a rigorous training program internally. Uh, we work with a from called inflection uh, points as as part of that training program. What, what a stud! Yeah. What, what what a pro! <laughs> and uh, and we have others uh, that we we work and so that's that's a mandatory part of our our group and I think it helps us uh, understand the marketplace. What I've what I've discovered in this process is that our strong some of our strongest lawyers in the space are younger lawyers, mm-hmm. which probably doesn't surprise you guys because they are reading it, living it, and digesting it. You know, the millennials uh, are completely hundred percent conviction like you guys, and they come to the table knowing a, a lot more than we do. So it's been great, that process of connecting the you know, older and younger generations as well at our firm. So a couple of things. First, you have 100 lawyers that are dedicated just to Bitcoin and crypto that uh, you guys are going really, really deep at this and, and going to uh, help in a bunch of different ways, which I think is important. Because a lot of people, I think, think of, oh, lawyers and crypto, like they must be doing token sales, right? And sure, you guys do some of that. But it's also how do governments participate? How do politicians, how do exchanges go ahead and move uh, globally, et cetera, which I think is a really important part. I have two uh, two data points on, uh, on Reed Smith. First of all, uh, I saw somebody in the chat say like, I am not surprised whatsoever that a lawyer that Pomp works with has a shirt that says Lions Not Cheap. <laughs> so you and I both are on brand. We're winning. The second one is uh, somebody said, uh, ah, Reed Smith, I'm a recovering criminal defense attorney. I always worked in small environments, but my ex worked at Reed Smith for a couple of years. A oh ruthless environment, high powered, but great firm. I feel like that's exactly as a law, as a law firm. Like somebody says, ruthless environment, high powered but great firm is like ultimate. Compliment. Yes, I feel like that's a good compliment. I think yeah. it's a great compliment. Yeah. That person could be sadomasochist, though. I mean, if they, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say we ruthlessly execute for our clients. How about that? Um, but it, I think the ethos is right. We're you yeah. know we're, we're get I shit think, done. Yeah, we get shit done. Our clients are happy, and and you know we, we do well, but. I think we also have a pretty good culture. So yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on right now. 
So Jack Maulers goes on uh, a Bitcoin conference yep. stage and he announces uh, that he's partnering with NCR, Blackhawk, Shopify, et cetera, and he's going to allow people to send dollars or Bitcoin across the lightning rails. Like, what, what's your reaction to that? And like, how do you think about, uh, uh, from a legal perspective, like any uh, things that you, you get excited about or think that there's like pioneering there? Well, for, first, as, as an investor in the space, it's groundbreaking and, and, and transformational uh, to see what he's he's launching and, and his client list is already quite massive. I, I suppose, you know, the, um, the credit card companies are probably getting a little worried, uh, when they see what this uh, model is capable of. Um, and, and they should be, and we'll see if they react and how they react. Uh, they're pretty good at, you know, adopting to, um, to current trends. So I, w- I wouldn't necessarily count them out. Um, but what he's doing is smart, because I think the way he's structuring this, he'll avoid the taxation at the point of sale, which has always been a big inhibitor for Bitcoin um, transactions and how you do it and who collects it and what kind of risk you have. So I think that's, number one, enormously helpful. And, I, and because you know this is still a commodity trade, I think he avoids the regulatory overlay that it might be if this were security. So it's a brilliant concept. He is... Um, I think bound for tremendous success, and um, if he's listening, we'd love to help him out. So, Jack, <laughs> I don't know if you're out there, but so, so one of the key things you're talking about is the taxation. So this whole idea that, like, if I have, uh, if I go to dinner tonight, right, and I spend dollars on dinner, I pay for the cost of dinner, I pay for the sales tax, I tip the waiter, I walk out, I'm fine. Uh, I don't pay anything other than that. Right. If I buy that same dinner with Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency as well, I pay for dinner, I pay for sales tax, I tip the waiter, but I also pay capital gains Correct. on that transaction. And yep. so like, what do you think it'll take to actually get, uh, whether it's a de minimis exemption, so you know something $600 or less, uh, or just completely remove it if you're actually buying a good or a service? Like, is there a legal pathway or a precedent or, or anything you have there to, to think of like, how do we get to the point where uh, the purchase of goods and services with crypto doesn't trigger taxes? I think that's a little tricky, I, th- I think, just because of the way our system is built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're buying Bitcoin at 10 and, and you're using it at 20 and you don't have to pay the taxes, even if it's for, you know, a small percentage of that uplift, there's a slippery slope to, you know, tax avoidance and, and, and loopholes. So I think that would be hard to accomplish. I think the flip side may be easier, and that is the recipient of that, of that Bitcoin, if they get it on Tuesday and they don't, you know, and and, and they, you know, uh, turn it into cash on, on on Wednesday, you know, if they've lost some money or if they gain some money, they have a whole other accounting issue they got to deal with, which I think can be um, administratively problematic. Uh, I think over time, because restaurants and hotels and retail businesses want to be able to transact in, in Bitcoin they're going to come up with something that probably starts to think about how you handle this in a way that doesn't, you know, create instant, you know, gains that aren't taxed or yeah. losses that are, are incurred for no reason. So, yeah. well, I think and, and, the, and the way that he's doing it, right, uh, in terms of Jack and Strike, is that uh, you send dollars or you send uh, or you receive dollars, euro, whatever currency you want to choose. But if you're using the rails, but you're not using Bitcoin coming from the sender, uh, you use Bitcoin that's already on their balance sheet. Correct. And the way that that occurs is there's no, uh, for the user, there's no tax ramifications because they never sent Bitcoin. 
Correct. Which is a very unique way to, uh, uh, the, the intention was not, Hey, how do we not have to pay taxes? It was let's use these rails, but a, a nice side effect, uh, uh, is the avoidance of, um, kind of egregious taxation. If you're using dollars for the transaction, you're just using a more superior payment rail. That's correct. And, 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 and if, if, if that grows in a way that most people can transact on that basis, then you kind of can start dealing with this tax issue you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, when you think about um, some of the the uh, legal ramifications of Bitcoin uh, from a payment standpoint, uh, is there a world where the payment, like the legacy payment folks can come at uh, the maybe interfaces around Bitcoin? Uh, or is there something that they could do, like maybe if you get into patents with like the Bitcoin payment system, like it's decentralized, right? So like yeah. there's, there's no, like you can't sue the Lightning Network. No. Uh, if you were playing offense, like what do you think, those people are going to do? Do they just say, Hey, like there's nothing we can do here. So like, let's not even try. We got to compete or, or what happens? Well, I mean, you know, the, the typical order of attack there would be, we need to stamp this out, right? Yeah. We need to figure out a legal strategy. Well, actually first we need to figure out a political strategy. Right. And so I think you'll see a lot of effort around, around trying to um, block that through, um, legislation, maybe. I don't know that it'll go anywhere because, as you know, and as we've seen at the conference and otherwise, there's a growing consensus and a growing uh, group of politicians who understand the value, the efficiency, the p- potential tra- wealth transformation of being able to um, adopt and use Bitcoin uh, in ordinary currency transactions. But that's where it'll start. And then if that doesn't work, um, they'll, they'll adopt. They'll have to adopt. I think one of the most uh, exciting parts about Bitcoin is what it's causing everybody else to do, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have to, and, and you're seeing some of that in, in, I would say, older line businesses and technologies. If they don't, they're dead. You know, whether, it, whether it's, you know, the, whether it's certain lending products are moving to a decentralized structure pretty quickly. You know, we're, we're, we're representing and, and, and launching credit funds pretty regularly right now that are um, crypto credit funds. We're, we're seeing even some mortgage-related transactions happening on a decentralized basis, you know, that movement and that um, development of a lending infrastructure outside of the normal avenues that you typically see is something that everybody who's in the, in the finance business needs to be wary of and, and think about how they're going to approach. And I think, I think they are, you know? I mean, some people have their heads in their sand, but, but not everybody. Does decentralization render laws like non-applicable or like how, how, like how does this work? And, and, and part of it is, uh, I think that very elementary analysis is like, Oh, if it's decentralized, then like the laws don't apply. No. Uh, there, as you just said, like there's a more nuanced version yeah. of this. So like explain from how you guys think about decentralization being compatible with the law. Yeah. So whatever activity is happening in a decentralized, um, environment is mm-hmm. still, activity that falls to a bucket mm-hmm. and that bucket has a rule you know, set around it has a rule set around it. Yeah. So that's probably where you start in understanding what rules apply to those activities. And I think you're seeing that in some of the legislation that's being considered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gary Gensler came out and he started talking about how he wants, you know, the SEC to regulate, um, you know, Bitcoin cryptocurrency from a, from a, from at least a user perspective, if not from a securities perspective. And, you know, you're seeing that in terms of the approach to the rules around, around it as a commodity. So the, the rules are there. The application and, and ultimate enforcement, I think, is what's more um, difficult. 
Um, but ultimately, there are entities or individuals who have set up these structures and have some ownership, well, potentially have some ownership over some of these uh, activities. And so they would be the folks who I think would be asked to comply with, with the, the yeah. law. The Uniswap one, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot of yeah. a specific situation, but like that one to me is fascinating because uh, my understanding, again, super uneducated idiot on the internet, uh, but my understanding is that they created a decentralized uh, smart contract yep. uh, that's built on uh, Ethereum, which for this we'll, we'll make the assumption is fully decentralized and can't be shut down. Um, and in there, uh, it's allowing the Uniswap uh, uh, kind of product to work. Now, they also built an interface to it that uh, uh, the Uniswap team oversees, controls, and, and, uh, and manages. Uh, but there's other interfaces as well around uh, the Uniswap product. And so uh, the regulators uh, appear to either be asking questions or applying pressure, however you want to kind of categorize it, to the interface because there's a team that obviously oversees that. But pe- that's where there's people, right? Correct. So, yeah. And even if you shut down that interface, my understanding is there's you know 50 other interfaces that people could still access the product through. It just wouldn't be the Uniswap team itself uh, uh, doing that. And so when that becomes the, uh, the game, it's not like you go to Facebook and you're like, hey, Facebook, shut it down. And, yep. and then somebody else pops up, oh, we're using the Facebook algorithm. And like, you know, here we are. So it just feels like there's like a whole new frontier that's very different. It absolutely is. And I think, you know, the regulators are way behind being able to even conceive about how to deal with the situation you're describing. Right now it's whack-a-mole in a way to try to understand where those interfaces exist and who's running them. But in time, my guess uh, is that there will be an effort to get into those, um, you know, decentralized uh, uh, and smart contract platforms Um in a way that allows them to have some influence, if not control over them. I yeah. don't know, I, you know, that's far off, but that's where I would imagine um, it would go. Yeah, Joe, John, what question you guys got? What are the biggest challenges that you guys are facing from like a, that, that you're seeing on a legal level when it comes to crypto? Okay, I, I mean, f- first and foremost is, is, you know, whether an asset is a security or not. And, you know, no one wants to hear that as a security. So uh, uh, I've, I've always spoken with, with my team to, you know, say, let's think about just, you know, when you were speaking to a founder who has a great idea and, and they're ready to talk to us about their launch and say, hey, well, we're going to do this. And, you know, we don't want the first thing to be saying, well, that's a security. You've got to do X, Y, and Z. That's a big turnoff. It may be, but, you know, um, so that's number one. Whether, whether something's a security and what that means in terms of the regulatory burden, whether it's even then um, viable to do it, in, in, in that form. So that's number one. The other is, um, I think, um, data privacy and cybersecurity. Uh, you're seeing a lot of incidences. Uh, I had my Coinbase wallet swiped, uh, which was a lesson for me to invest money with other people and not try to figure my, figure that I could trade coins. So um, is, is data privacy and cybersecurity. I think that's a huge area that we need to be really mindful of. Um, and then it's... Uh, the, just the overall moving landscape of the re, of the legal and regulatory framework that's not defined and is very ambiguous in many fronts. And so people are either taking an approach like, well, until I know for a fact 100% I can't do it, I'm going to do behavior or engage in activity, very profitable, but which may ultimately get kind of pulled back. And that's kind of an interesting way to approach it. Or you have other folks who are very conservative in their approach and are like, okay, well, we're going to follow all the rules as they are now and we're going to you know look for... Um, additional uh, uh, 
direction from the government. So, uh, so let's start with the first one, right? Which is security versus non-security. Cause mm-hmm. I think that's one that we obviously hear a lot about. And, and when you're investing, people talk about constantly of certain projects or companies, et cetera. Is that something where there's just not enough guidance right now? Like you guys wish that it was clear or do you guys think you have enough information? And it's just a project by project basis. I think more often than not, you, you know, you know, if it's a security just by, by the way it behaves. Um, and then you figure out, is there another way to approach it to have the same economics or same outcomes um, without tripping those wires? And, it, and it's not necessarily prohibitive if you trip those wires. You just have to approach it differently. You know? and, and some folks who are doing you know, tokens or other issuance of that um, in that vein, they just, from a U.S. perspective, just choose not to transact in the U.S., and so they can develop a pretty successful and, and, and significant business um, in that way. Of course, once those, if it's a token company and those tokens launch and they start trading and they start trading in the U.S., then you have the same issue that you were hoping to, to avoid. So um, I think I would say largely you know, but there, there is definitely a bucket um, where, where you have to kind of dig in and figure it out. And that's where I think good creative lawyers, and I like to think we have a bunch of them, can help you navigate that um, in the most uh, profit-maximizing way. And, and, and how has like the I don't know when you guys first started initially covering crypto or, or, yeah. or giving advice on crypto, uh, but in general, how has the pace of kind of clients? I'm assuming it's picked up over time. But just talk a little bit about kind of what you guys are seeing there. It's a great question, and I and I, I guess I would say uh, it mirrors a little bit the the asset class valuation in crypto. So as you've seen that, as the price grow, increases, you guys there's see more, more business, there's more activity, there's more investors, there's more founders, there's more entrance into the marketplace, there's more regulations, there's more governments who are figuring out what to do. So it, it's been an exponential growth. Our group was working kind of in disparate ways. And when we started our process to say, we need to organize this. We think we're doing a lot of great things, but we need to kind of put it into a more cohesive and market-facing um, manner. Uh, when we did that, we discovered, holy shit, we have so many people doing so many interesting things, great energy about, around it. And so we launched or, or, and are launching it in, in a way that we think is much more, um, much more informative for, for our, our, our end users, which is, which is clients. So our group is, you know, like like we said, started about 100 lawyers, um, and over the past, I would say over the past, let's say 19, 20, 21, 22, we've seen, you know, 20-fold, maybe more, in terms of opportunities. And I would say even between this year and last, as more people understand our place in the market, we're exponentially ahead of where we were last year in terms of clients and, and have you, know. you been surprised at the quality of people also like people coming from traditional kind of uh, jobs, whether it's in big tech or something similar? I've been blown away by the entire um, industry. Uh, the talent that is moving from traditional Wall Street into, you know, great companies like Block Tower, for instance, and what they're doing is really awesome. Um, when we see um, terrific lawyers move in to take uh, entrepreneurial positions. And a friend of mine at River uh, Financial Services, brilliant guy, um, left a big, big law to do that. So the talent that is moving and has moved 
into this space is only growing. And here's another uh, plug. Um, and so when you see that and you're like, how do you fill all those jobs? And there's, <laughs> and one, you know, Bonk I know one firm that is doing great things in that space and is inflection points. So, John, what questions you got? Yeah, Constantine, what's obviously crypto is very new, so everyone kind of goes into it not uh, knowing. Clients come mm-hmm. to you saying, hey, can we get some advice on this? What's something crazy that someone's asked you to like, like an entity to set up or something like that, that you're just like, dude, you're not allowed to do that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, that's, a, that's really a funny question. Um, We've definitely had uh, a few characters come across <laughs> who are, you know, um, I mean, you can find No, what's it. the craziest one? Yeah. Come on. Like, what, what's something somebody tried to do where you were just like, no, like, that's not allowed? Uh, I think there, I mean, there are people who come in and say, you know, I, I'm, cre- I'm creating a, 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 a pet metaverse. Uh, and so I want to, um, I want to start um, tra- trademarking pet names for the, uh, the metaverse, which hasn't been built. And, and I mean, and then I want uh, the pet. You know, metaverse to to have ownership interest in um, real estate. I mean, it just kind of like things that don't even make sense. They don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, seen, we've seen some of that. Can, can I ask another question? Sure. So this, this uh, again, don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, if I don't know the answer, I'll make it up. <laughs> uh, when you look at all of these things like uh, tornado cash uh, or uh, these tumblers um, or, or things where uh, you can do like a coin join, et cetera. So the, the general idea, each one's a little bit different, but the general idea is uh, for financial privacy purposes, I would like to uh, not have someone be able to follow my Bitcoin on a blockchain. So what I do is I put it into uh, this product and if I put two Bitcoin in, I get two Bitcoin out. And you can't tell because we mix them all up together for then I can go use it. Is that legal? Like one, one part of me says like the financial privacy argument is so strong when you have a public uh, ledger like that. The other side of me has always wondered, and, you know, maybe, maybe we would need to wait for courts to somehow figure this out is, are they going to go after that as money laundering? Well, if and I don't, I, I, I would, I same, would make the argument that the privacy is the right argument. But like, what do you think? You're taking out the same amount of money that you're putting in. Correct. I mean, what's the difference between that and like a a bank, a bank account? Correct. That, no that would be my argument. Yeah, is you put your money in the bank, and when you, you take it out, the same cash you're taking out is in the cash you put in. In fact, you actually didn't put cash in. You you had some wires. Say you put cash in. So. My first reaction is that should be fine as long as the source of the um, Bitcoin is verifiable. And obviously, when you get the Bitcoin, yeah, basically you, knew you it didn't so- do anything illegal to get the Bitcoin. No, and so if you go and you use this, then it's a it's a privacy feature. Yeah, I, I guess. So. I mean, I, I, is it kind of instantaneous? Uh, each one's a little bit different. Some of them happen quickly. Some of them may take a little bit longer. Don't. I mean, you have a valuation question. That's a different issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in terms of I don't see why it wouldn't be legal, but I don't want to, you know, hold ourselves out as yeah, yeah, giving an opinion on there. Anyone out there? No, but, but don't, I think, don't I, act on that. <laughs> uh, by the way, none of this is legal advice. Yeah. All you geniuses at home, don't say, I saw Constantine and Pops talking about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I think that that's my general reaction too. But I, I use that as an example of like, one, you would have to sit down with your team, right? And do a bunch more work to, to kind of come to a, a full conclusion. But like, there's such nuance in so many different things. Like, no other 
asset in the world has a public ledger that is auditable by anyone in the world, which potentially could uh, violate basic financial privacy and therefore the need to have things that would enhance your financial privacy. Like that, like that is a very nuanced situation. So you, of course, entrepreneurs are going to go solve problems. And so they went and they built this, there's multiple versions. Uh, but like, you can see how there's going to be someone somewhere who's like, Oh, that's a bad thing. They're already saying just Bitcoin in general is bad. Right. And so of course they're going to go after stuff like that as well. It feels like you're going to have a, 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 you know, people under the rubric, we care about consumers, want to know what's going on here because, you know, they're terrified of people, you know, creating wealth. And um, when when you do that, you start asking questions like, well, who's holding, you know, what's the custodian of these, you know, the Bitcoin? Who are they? Are they regulated? That kind of thing. So that's, that's, that's more a question of, well, you want to make sure that when you do put your two Bitcoin in, you do get two Bitcoin out. And so if you don't, you're, you know, you've been screwed and we want to make sure we limit the opportunities of, of that mechanism to screw you. So that's, that's where I see where you'd see the regulatory burden. But the notion of intermingled Bitcoin uh, being illegal, that strikes me as, as, as not likely, although I want to look at it. Who, I, have to, yeah, I have to say that's so a part of a law firm. Uh, last thing I want to ask is uh, NFTs, right? Right after you, yep. we have a, a 12-year-old kid coming on who's made millions of dollars in NFTs. Uh, I hope he has his cool t-shirt. He's, <laughs> I don't know if he's got a cool t-shirt. We tried to get him to take his, his first uh, big uh, windfall with a couple hundred thousand dollars. We told him to go buy uh, So he's issuing cool. he's issuing NFTs? Uh, correct. It's called Weird Whales. Um, and, his uh, son's 12. He's trying to do the same thing. Maybe we a bunch, bunch of 12 year olds out yeah. here going to take over the world. Well, we told uh, Benjamin that he should uh, buy the naming rights to his school and then name it after himself. Sounds right? a bad idea. <laughs> like, if you're in elementary school, you show up and you tell the teacher, like, you work at my school. <laughs> uh, in the NFT world, like, is there anything there that you guys find really fascinating or any sure. kind of le- legal issues that, that you tend to think are interesting? But what's at the forefront of our, our, our NFT guys? Um, and we have a tremendous talent in the NFT space, Gregor Pryor in London, Evan Zinnemann and Ramsey Hanna in. in um, Century City. You have 1,800 lawyers, you're not going to be able to drop all their names. No, no, I, I dropped those guys' <laughs> names because they're doing amazing things in the FT space and I figure I'll develop some capital with them. Um, fractionalized interests, how you manage that, how you deal with it, how you keep it from being um, stolen. Um, mm-hmm. Data privacy in NFTs is a big issue. Um, the industry's booming, it's real. Um, you know, one of the biggest issues I have with friends of my generation, I'm, believe it or not, in my early 50s, is they can't get their head around a new world emerging. And so they reject it out of hand because they don't understand it. And so um, our, just as an aside, that's something, that attitude doesn't exist in our group and we don't allow it. So NFTs have certain, you know, fractionalized interests, buying and selling them, how you do that, you know, is really uh, at the forefront um, in the NFT world. Um, you know, I did want to mention before I, hey, I leave Pomp is uh, it's my sister's birthday today. Her name is Marina. Ah. She's uh, comes at it from a very different perspective, from far left, but she's totally into Bitcoin, which is interesting because it marries, I think, political um, um, perspectives. And we're in the uh, politics is dumb political class. Yeah, like we, we just we, we opted out because we we got confused. Yeah, I, I get confused all the time. <laughs> well. and, and when I was listening, you're. Talking about you know uh, El Salvador, I, I, I got that. Um, <laughs> and, I, I, and I wanted to mention my nephew Ambrose, uh, who got me into Bitcoin. Ah, he, how yeah, old? He's probably 
20 now. He, um, he asked me if I it was investing in Bitcoin in like 2014. And I was like, no. And he's like, well, you should be. And I'm like, what do you know in the back of my head? And then obviously it was stupid. Uh, and then a little bit later, we talked about it again. I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. So um, that kind of led me on my journey. He, he also has, and, and I'm shameless, I know that, um, a, a, a internet knife company that's killing it called Nico's Knives. You guys should send me Internet guys. knife company? Yeah. Like, like he sells knives on, on Instagram, the internet? Off Instagram. He's selling athletes, love it, pros, celebrities. He's just built this huge business. I, I wish that one of you guys were uh, smart enough to make a knife company and then sell them on the internet and then we could all retire. Damn, these knives are legit. <laughs> Did you see Nico's knives? Did you pull them up? Yeah, yeah. pulled them up. It's like uh, they're they're yeah. like is this yeah, it? Yeah, we got yeah. versatile right handmade revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, we got it on the screen. It's the whole yeah. page of the. Oh, you have it on the screen. What, what, yeah. What's the uh, uh, scroll down a little bit, Matt? What, what's the uh, oh oh well, he, he got oh, the videos, videos. Cut, uh, cutting up the uh, peppers and chicken. Anytime that you There's can show a knife can cut the, the peppers and the chicken at the same time, you know you got a good knife. He's got a great knife. Yeah, and then it's stuck in the wood, <laughs> like. Phew. These are versatile ass knives. <laughs> Imagine going into your uh, kitchen and being like, "Let me take my steak knife and I'm going to go cut down this tree." That's Nico's knives. Imagine going into your kitchen not having a Nico knives. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, because yeah. you know, N- Nico. Uh, he's definitely going to have to send you guys some. <laughs> hey, Nico, uh, some... Uh, D- DM us and we'll send you our uh, bank account details. You can send us the uh, <laughs> referral fee. Uh, <laughs> uh, so pe- people, people in the chat are, are trying to debate us too if it's uh, Damascus steel or uh, or other types of. Happy birthday! Uh, are to you your get, sister. You're getting real live reaction to Nico's knives. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How about anything I said? Anything? And then anyone's like, <laughs> oh, they were very. They, they, when are you going to get the lawyer off the show and bring no, the twelve-year-old in? No, no. They, they were saying, uh, let's see. Oh, I told you what they, they said, said about happy birthday Smith. to your sister. If, if you don't know said, the answer, if I don't know the answer, I make it up. Spoken like a true attorney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then somebody else said. Uh, I did social media marketing for many criminal defense attorneys here in San Diego, California. The law of the land is fire. Facts. Which I don't really know what that Now means. they know we're reading the comments, though, so they'll start sending reckless stuff. Yeah. Now, I, now, yeah. The, well, now they'll I start. Don't, I, don't, uh, I don't want you to go down that hole. People are saying we should get you a beer. Uh, somebody said, uh, when you said, believe it or not, I'm 50. Uh, somebody said, you don't look a day over 60, sir. <laughs> 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 they said that you they that you remind them of Joe Rogan. Really? Uh, uh, listen, I'm, I'm trying to pivot. You know, somebody, <laughs> yeah. so, somebody said, I don't even need knives, but I bought 25 of them. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, look, all, uh, all, all kinds of stuff um, that uh, <laughs> somebody said, talking to you, cousin, yeah. you took career advice from a 14 year old that now sells knives. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, well. Kids 20 kid. Listen, he's selling lots of knives. <laughs> I, I acted on his investment advice and this worked out very well for yeah. me. <laughs> If you, and, and it sounds like if I hang around, I'll get some great investment advice from a 12-year-old, too. So. <laughs> I may just do that. All right. Uh, what, uh, where, where should we send people to find you on the internet or find uh, more about Reed Smith? Um, you, guys can, you guys can reach out. Uh, you can check out our uh, crypto and digital assets uh, webpage. Uh, on Bro, Reed Smith. hold on. Time out. <laughs> we got the photo of you on Reed Smith. That looks like straight out of 1947 mobster uh, suit store. I uh, I used to. <laughs> like I, if I saw you in the street, I'd go the other way. Yeah, you should. Uh, <laughs> but, but, 
I get that a lot actually. But <laughs> but we're 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 linked now, so we're good. You know, I got your back completely. All right, <laughs> Reed, Reed Smith. Just reach out to me, Constantine Caritas. There aren't that many out there. I ventured <laughs> there are none others out there. Um, and you'll find my contact, secretus at reedsmith.com, or you can, I don't want to give my number because. Yeah, don't give the number. No. The, the, the bad things After will some happen. of those comments, yeah, I'm going to get some texts. Bad things will happen. Yeah. Uh, l- lastly, you'll, you'll appreciate this, is uh, every time that we have to do ad reads and stuff like that, I always uh, have to say, you know, read the terms and conditions. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's one advertiser uh, that their lawyers are very opinionated. They, yeah. they, they have a lot of, uh, this is good, this is not good, whatever. So I just started talking directly to them on the show. I, <laughs> I just said, hey, lawyers, listen up. <laughs> right? And uh, uh, all of a sudden, they got real quiet. I haven't heard from them in like two oh, months. That's funny. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like that's like uh, th- there's good lawyers and bad lawyers. But the, uh, the key is uh, you always need a good lawyer. Like that is actually a very, very good piece of advice for most people in it, life. You also need a, a, a lawyer in a good position in a law firm to look after you. That's true. Depending where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> Last thing I'll leave you with, just to, to really highlight uh, how amazing our audience is. Somebody said, whenever I need a lawyer, I just do it myself. I don't trust anyone else to talk for me. <laughs> right. That's really- We're taking on self-sovereignty. It's like a really whole funny. nother level uh, with, uh, with that. So, um, all right. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for thank coming. Thank you, guys. Uh, anyone who is, uh, is looking for legal services, in all seriousness, you should go check out Reed Smith. I use them. Constantine is uh, has done a fantastic job. His entire team, uh, that you guys are making a massive investment in uh, in building out this practice. Yep. The uh, the name of it is Reed Smith on Chain. Yep. Which if you're a dummy and you see that written somewhere on a website and you don't know that it's crypto, then you probably need to go ahead and call them because you definitely need a lawyer because you're gonna make a lot of mistakes. It's about as cool industry. as we can get. It's cool, about as cool as we got on Chain. You know, we had a bunch of other names and they're just terrible. So, what was we the would, worst one? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I can Not say that, that one. What's that one? <laughs> <laughs> There's like a Greek god names and stuff. I'm like, wow. no one's going to fucking know what you're talking about. Uh, can you imagine if he came in and he goes, we have a new uh, unit at Reed Smith. It's called, called Reed Zeus. Smith. It's called Zeus. Zeus. <laughs> it's, it's called Zeus. Everyone's like, what exactly are you like, doing there? <laughs> yeah, no, it really just, but we have, we had a great marketing team pull it together for us. All right. Well, listen, thank you for coming on. Just You're here in Miami, right. so we'll uh, we'll definitely bring you back at some point when uh, we got legal questions. I, I think you or should if become you like just the talk official generally, lawyer. I'm really funny, so yeah. I can really. <laughs> I, can, I, I can. I think, I think we should make show. you the official lawyer yeah. of the show, yeah. and whenever we have legal questions, we can just like call you call up. I'm and be like, hey. Is this legal? <laughs> and then, you know, you just make up the answers. That's Perfect. right. That's what you do. <laughs> without fee, without a charge. All right. I guys, appreciate it very you. much. This thank has you. been great. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited I was, got to be on with you guys. All right. Well, Sounds good. It. See Have you later. Have a great day, guys. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking to try to transition to get a new job in the Bitcoin or crypto industry, we've got you covered. Head over to pompscryptocourse.com. We've developed a curriculum with the top teams across the industry. It's a three-week intensive training program with over 50 events packed into that three-week time period. Go to pompscryptocourse.com to learn more, and I'll meet you guys for the next episode.